Okay. Uh, good morning from uh, Diplomacy Direct. Um, this is yet another wonderful session uh, where uh, we talk to the experts and uh, the segment is called expert talks and today uh, uh, we have our topic uh, that is uh, lethargic diplomacy um, we are going to talk on the un observership in kashmir the un mogip uh, and uh, so folks uh, and followers of diplomacy direct the global peace forum again brings to you uh, this uh, wonderful discussion and uh, we have again a stalwart from uh, the industry with us uh, today our topic of discussion is the lethargic diplomacy and uh, basically it's related to the un military observership in india uh, and pakistan uh, abbreviated as un mogip uh, and today we have with us one of media's own and finest the charismatic uh, uh, journalistic entrepreneur uh, who is an experienced uh, journalist and thought leader in print tv uh, digital media news industry and has launched uh, sahara samay a tv channel uh, as a member of national uh, core group uh he has launched and being editor for dailies and periodicals like uh, rashtriya sahara sun star uh, new observer post uh, the sunny india uh, india post sapta setu veer bhumi uh, in uh, these are in circulations in delhi uh, patna and guwahati uh, he was the one who broke the story of uh, kargil intrusion on uh, may 15 1999 in rashtriya sahara uh, first to cover the bhutan democracy report uh, one of a very few who interviewed uh, prime minister ik gujral after his appointment to the pm office uh, he has uh, he has uh, authored and translated uh, seven books of which for today's discussions relevance is the ghati mein aatank uh, Uh, on kargil so first book on kargil intrusion uh, which was launched by uh, shri lk advani uh, uh, he was then the uh, union minister um, uh, in in 2000 uh, he is the recipient of atal bihari vajpayee award and also the uh, loknayak uh, janaprakash uh, international award for journalistic achievements so we have mr uh, omkareshwar pande uh, with us for the discussion on the un observership in uh, kashmir uh, omkareshwar sir welcome to diplomacy directs podcast uh, and youtube channel thank you so much vipul thank you so much for giving so much of uh, details which i think <laughs> i don't deserve so <laughs> sir thank you so you, much to you are just being humble direct <laughs> thank you so uh, sir at the onset uh, uh, could we start with setting some context on today's discussion on this un uh, observership uh, that is uh, un uh, military observership in india and pakistan or uh, un mogip as it's called uh, the background in kashmir for our diplomacy direct audience yeah of, of, of course so uh, let's begin with some um, background as you know under the scheme of partition provided by the indian independence act of 1947 kashmir was free to accede to either india or pakistan so its accession to india became a matter of dispute between the two countries 
and uh, fighting broke out later that year mm-hmm. so fast forwarding the events a ceasefire line supervised by un united nations military observers result of which the un deployed a mission called unmogip before that it, it was something you uh, un cip something like that uh-huh. so after the ni- after the 1971 war the un security council met and on 21st of december 71 adopted a, a resolution 307 as one of the ceasefire measures between the two countries the two nations subsequently india and pakistan signed an agreement defining a line of control in kashmir in mm-hmm. 1972 mm-hmm. so uh, india adopted uh on the similar line in in 1949 karachi agreement it was the uh, uh, line of control was drawn mm-hmm. and since the simla agreement of 1972 india adopted a non recognition policy towards third parties in their bilateral exchanges with pakistan mm-hmm. with regards to kashmir so this observership even today has 44 military observers 25 international civilians personnel and 47 local civilian staff where uh, they have observed and reported continued ceasefire violations from pakistan side yet mm-hmm. india is standing firm on its policy has lodged no complaints mm-hmm. with the unmogip since 1972 Correct. earlier what was happening that un forces were allowed to cross the line of control from india to pakistan side but mm-hmm. after this 1971 war with bangladesh at that time the mrs indira gandhi government was there in in delhi mm-hmm. so she decided not to allow uh, united nations military observer groups to cross through uh, through the uh, uh, directly through uh, loc to pakistan mm-hmm. because the logic was simple if you can't if you can't uh, stop the war between the two countries then what is the fun you are doing what why you are deployed here you just moving around here and there you are going from india to pakistan and you are doing nothing you just yeah. taking the complaints and reporting to un mm-hmm. so the basically the role of united nations military observer group has been to observe and report to the un security council correct but Uh, any any such agreement has a a kind of understanding when you are sitting there when any third party is deployed there and that too united nations security council adopted uh, uh, forces are there and 44 countries military observer are there so basically the things which are expected is to at least maintain the status quo correct correct also uh, you know after the india pak war and and the the resolution 307 that you were talking about so yeah. uh, subsequently india and pak you know signed an agreement defining the loc in 1972 and mm. since then the simla agreement and you know the non india's non recognition of the policy towards uh, third parties uh, uh, interference Involved. in the bilateral yeah. yes mm. right so uh, also you uh, you know you you mentioned you know uh, 44 military observers and you know everything with um, uh, unmogip then to you know there 
and and they they are they are watching pakistan commit the ceasefire violations imran khan himself says that you know there are 40000 plus terrorists within their borders uh, hizbul mujahid uh, hizbul cells are operating along uh, the border harkatul ansar jamatul dawa all all making infiltrations and creating unrest right and here we stand to our word and we we don't want any external help and we uh, you know we can solve this by dialat- bilateral talks or sam dam dan so, bed anything so this is why this is why you, uh, india stopped uh, uh, complaining to the united nations knowingly that it's a useless it's a fruitless exercise to complain to them they uh, they are not able to do anything they are Correct. not taking any actions they are not preventing neither uh, uh, terrorism from cross the border nor you are stopping uh, any kind of uh, uh, escalation of uh, uh, skirmishes on the border correct and more importantly when when the un forces are there can you imagine the pakistan was able to uh, 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 lease out the a, a big area like aksai chin to china and mm-hmm. the china the same country who is in the united nations security council correct sir we'll come to that we'll we'll come to that that's a very good point uh, so, so my my point was ki uh, after 1972 mm-hmm. india stopped complaining to the united nations so the the because the question was what the united nation is doing in the valley so mm-hmm. uh, it's necessary that we discussed the failure of the united nations military observer group correct uh, deployed in india and pakistan mm-hmm. on the line of control so uh, sir extrapolating into uh, uh, at that sentiment what can you tell about modi government's actions towards uh, unmogip's obsolence and subsequent overtake and reaffirmation and adherence to simla agreement from rn see modi government is uh, trying its level best to convince the member of the united nations security council that the, the basically what india wants is a, a, a reform in the present setup of the united nations so that india could get uh, uh, entry into the un security council as a member and mm-hmm. when india becomes the member it will be easier for raise to raise any issue or easier to intervene in any in any issue and that is what uh, uh, the uh, country like china is trying to stop uh, reform of of the united nations so basically in the initial uh, uh, in the first uh, stint of this government mm-hmm. the uh, india government also told unmogip to go back and uh, leave the country but mm-hmm. i think they conveyed that we are here uh, with the resolutions of the united nations security council and if we have to go back you will have to take another resolution from the unsc which is uh, at present when china is there he is already he is always ready to veto your uh, resolutions correct so it is not feasible right now correct correct so uh, in 2018 uh, un backtracks on role in kashmir and then um, un secretary Gen- uh, secretary general banki moon spokesperson stephanie jurek um, uh, mentioned in 2018 that un mogip observer uh, presence in kashmir was only mandated to report on the ceasefire between india and pakistan along the loc exactly right? exactly yeah this is what i am saying ki 
this itself this statement itself uh, uh, clarifies that how fruitless this exercise is you have just deployed uh, 44 military observers from 44 countries to just uh, observe and report and that too for decades and decades you have uh, uh, we have already seen them from uh, last 70 years correct it's not a joke you are spending millions and billions of dollar on them correct so um you know evidently it's 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 a you know so uh, we we speak about lethargic diplomacy i i would rather go ahead and say it's a failed diplomacy on their part so pakistan wants to make a spectacle out of india's uh, stance and in 2017 pakistani army staged a firing across loc towards un vehicles uh, the ispr made some futile attempts uh, of bringing the world attention to kashmir uh, it reported that indian forces attacked the un deployment in pok right which soon was thrashed by uh, un by you know d- denying the claim what probes such desperation on pakistan's side with mo uh, un mojp ha- has pakistan's stance on M- uh, un mojp dented or or india's stance on MOG- uh, un mojp dented pakistan's globalized k plan and in what way you know uh, this has been pakistan's very old tactics to attack on the maybe un uh, uh, mogip uh, convoy or their vehicle or maybe attacking on india's side of the loc and saying that this was initiated by uh, india so mm-hmm. uh, their lies has already been exposed several times several at times. the international uh, uh, fora so everybody knows that who initiates maybe you, uh, uh, on attacking on the loc uh, on indian side or attacking on the uh, un security forces uh, uh, vehicles this has always been the pakistan's uh, tactics to somehow internationalize the issue somehow they want that this issue should always be in the limelight mm-hmm. but this has already been exposed several times there is no uh, need to mention uh, at all about this so world community by and large has understood it yes also uh the western interest in this that pakistan would have is again the military aid that it gets from us again us has opened its eyes uh and uh, you know things are working on it so coming now in the next flow to a topic that that was the biggest mistake united states did with pakistan uh, and saying that they will be our uh, uh, forefront member in mm-hmm. the war against terrorism so in the name of uh, becoming a, an ally to united states uh, in the war against terrorism uh, pakistan utilized all its resources all its uh, uh, aid whatever it it got from the uh, united states in in supporting the terrorism in the entire uh, uh, this area asian region not only in in uh, india but also in some other parts of uh, uh, their, their terrorists were found in even the london blast so Correct. their their linkages have been found in several areas so they have been the, the pakistan has been a, a kind of uh, 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 place where uh, terrorists are grown terrorists uh, are are patronized and from there they have been uh, creating the uh, uh, terrorism all across the world absolutely a, a very evident example to the world is uh, 
hosting uh, Osama bin Laden in Abbottabad, one mile, not even one mile away from their, uh, uh, from their uh, national, uh, you know, what, what, what is, um, you know, like a counterpart to our National Defense Academy. Uh, and, you know, that, that is uh, totally egregious. Um, so so that, that's one point. Uh, the next point is Gilgit Baltistan in Pakistan, in, in, uh, uh, in, in POK, is considered the last mile for the construct of the whole, you know, China-Pakistan uh, economic corridor, the, the CPEC. What's UNMOGIP's narrative on the CPEC passing through the POK? Again, it's going to evidently violate uh, this thing. Uh, would it stand uh, by India's side in our opposition regarding this? Uh, uh, what is uh, UN's overall stand with this? And isn't it high time to look at this geopolitical change in more broader sense? This is why this is why I am I am raising the issue of United Nations role in on the uh, LOC, because you know this is a complete violation of United Nations Charter. You are deployed there, and one of your member is creating uh, a China Pakistan economic corridor through the same disputed area. How uh-huh. can? Correct. How 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 the other members of United Nations Security Councils are uh, uh, watching this? how how they are allowing this to happen so other members of the un security council should have intervened that at least you should your economic corridor should not pass through the area which is already disputed, disputed. and not only disputed but the un forces are deployed there deployed there absolutely so this is completely a, a violation of United Nations Charter, and this raises the uh, uh, genuinity of the United Nations and also on the on its important member, which is China. So will UN shift its focus and look into the region in a holistic manner, including Chinese activities g- given its, you know, salami slicing in regions across India, Nepal, Tajikistan, Vietnam, you name it, right? Uh, does China being permanent member now, like you rightly, uh, you know, uh, raise this issue uh, or the point that uh, being a, a permanent member of UNSC, um, plays an undeterred role, not only having this mandate shifted or edited or dissolved, right? Do we see the apparent failure of UNSC charter in a current stream of events and, uh, and, and UN being a charter? Yes, the answer is yes. So uh, again, does, does China being in UNSC plays an undeterred role? And, and, and how, how is it uh, you know, detrimental to India's efforts bringing peace in the region? So, uh, if I take your first question uh, at a stance, you talked about United Nations shift its focus and look into the region in a holistic manner. Mm-hmm. I am not hopeful. I am not seeing that uh, UN is is giving any holistic approach to look at the uh, problems in a holistic manner and solve it. I think the old file, which is lying in the United Nations that uh, some resolution was passed and some secretary general said that this is irrelevant at this time you know the mm-hmm. any any clause of the un security council has not been implemented in the last 70 years mm-hmm. and we have fought at least four wars with pakistan 
you but the pakistan has been able to lease out a big uh, uh, give a, a big area of aksai chain to china hmm. and un un security council is watching un mogip is just observing and reporting so what is the use of this it has Absolutely. completely completely proven that un mogip's uh, deployment on the both side of india and pakistan on the line of control is is unnecessary is useless and they should be sent back yes it's a complete failure evidently yeah. so with with china salami slicing and you know like we just spoke about uh, you know un mogip's failure so uh, in in 1998 99 so with this where i'm heading towards is there is a border agreement that we that we see uh, that uh, was signed between a regional communist bloc right so sino russian north korean uh, tripoint border agreement uh, can international diplomacy put its back into signing of similar a kind of treaty obsoleting the mcmon line or uh, such uh, you know age old conventions and bringing a permanent peace to the region and what efforts or understanding will go into such kind of a treaty you know that's very important treaty between china and uh, china russia and uh, north korea because you know one thing is common in these three countries is that uh, all these three are communist countries and all these three are kind of uh, uh, authoritarian uh, kind of governments so they have a common goal and one another thing is common in in these all three countries are they all are opposed to uh, unilateral unilateralism in the in the world and mm-hmm. they are opposed to uh, us america so the china and north korea and russia and north korea and russia north korea china triangle they opposed to america the, although the, they 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 are part of the rhetoric that says that uh, north korea should be disarmed uh, through the, uh, uh, from all the nuclear arsenals but mm-hmm. on the uh, other side they will they will uh, not support any kind of military solution to that yeah so basically we see uh, if if not anything we see ourselves stranded exactly the same situation like how israel is having with three uh, enemies that is you know your uh, jordan syria and egypt and now you know having the palestinian skirmishes mm. so india india in, in in near future might you know face something of this sort so uh, 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 mr pande could you give you know a free flow view on uh, the unmogip um, you know what it's its current charter which is again obsolete uh, can there be a new um, unbiased uh, you know resolve or a new charter that can go in the region and you know possibly as a revision or a mandate to uh, you know the current events and uh, you know bring bring it back to some kind of a sense you know for that you will have to go again back to the background of the whole uh, thing when it was decided when in august 1947 uh, 
both i told you that when india and pakistan became independent mm-hmm. so under the scheme of partition provided by the indian independence act of 1947 kashmir was free to accede to india or pakistan its accession to india became a matter of dispute between two countries and fighting broke out later that year so in january 1948 security council adopted a resolution which is called 39 uh, number 39 resolution mm-hmm. and they established the united nations commission for india and pakistan uncip first of all correct uh-huh. and the role of the uncip was to investigate and mediate the dispute what they did what they investigated what they uh, uh, mediated nothing happened so again in april 1948 by its another resolution of 47 the council decided to enlarge the membership of uncip and mm-hmm. to recommend various measures including the use of observers to stop the fighting mm-hmm. understand first mm-hmm. of all it was uncip then they felt that no it should be enlarged and to to send the observers so that they can stop the fighting and on the recommendation of uncip the secretary general appointed the military observer advisor to support the commission on military aspects and provided for a group of military so the basic is this was to uh, this was the constituted the unmogip mm-hmm. to stop the fighting correct Did and the then the fighting stopped it no. was not a stop no. so that's why they have been completely failure sir so basically from uncip to unmogip and then a change of a, a, a bit of a tweak in the charter so we see there is a precedence of um, a, a mandate addition or a mandate change uh, mm-hmm. can we can we see a similar thing now you know uh, as as we are looking into the same region can we can we look at an addition in this looking at the entire region which now encompasses india china and pakistan together and can this observership uh, try to bring in some kind of a geopolitical stability uh, and what can we expect from them i don't see any role of the un um, at any at any point un have already uh, already uh, shown their failureness in this and india has repeatedly been saying that this is a bilateral issue between india and pakistan no third party is uh, is accepted even mm-hmm. us has uh, repeatedly uh, offered to mediate between india and pakistan but india has simply and categorically denied that so we do not as a country we do not accept any third party mediation whether it's united nations or whether it's china or any other country it has to be decided between the two countries and that's why i am saying that united nations military observer group also should should be asked to come back by the un security council members also and mm-hmm. they should they should independently and honestly they should access assess they should analyze they should analyze that what has they been doing since last 70 years so basically as a summation of our conversation we just see that point number 1 that we have uh, that un charter uh, though with such a resolve has failed and it's keeping uh, you know it's kept on failing for all this while second thing is uh, the current situation the geopolitical uh, you know uh, instability in the region uh, 
there is there is there is no way uh, other than a bilateral talk or a direct diplomacy uh, angle uh, to solve it and you are un cannot do anything about it so uh, so thank you so much uh, uh, mr pandey to uh, join me here at uh, diplomacy direct uh, and uh, basically this this channel is uh, just a small uh, effort in uh, helping uh, the ias the ips or the union public uh, service commission uh, you know students or uh, people those who want to join uh, to stay uh, in touch with the geopolitics uh, uh, also for uh, people those who are interested in geopolitics and uh, take an active uh, 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 active cognizance of what's going on and do whatever small bit that they can do uh, and and serve their country so uh, uh, mr pandey thank you so much for joining us and thank you so much thank you so much vipul and thank you so much for uh, diplomacy direct for uh, uh, taking out this uh, great initiative because this is very very important for india's uh, communication uh, strategy and communication warfare also you know we have been failing we have not been taking the issues uh, taking up the issues like this and this is very very important at international level you will have to expose them what is Correct. happening on the ground what is uh, what india is facing is uh, is not the concern of any other country you will have to raise the issue you will have to tell that look what your un un security forces are doing here so it's you and me who has to raise this issue it's india government who has to raise this issue so that's uh, that's why i am telling i am very very thankful to you for diplomacy direct to raise such issue and giving me an opportunity to to talk to you to speak my uh, views and uh, thoughts thank you so much thank you sir this is how we take our voice to the global community thank you so much you have a great day ahead bye thanks sir bye